So we're getting into the book of Daniel. Last time we got into um, the two histories, the human history and the divine history within the human history. And <clears throat> I think James talked a little bit about God's house. And um, what I wanted to, we wanted to progress this week in talking and speaking mainly on Daniel chapter 9. So we're progressing here, and we want to see something in Daniel of Christ. That's our main objective. We want to see Christ. When, when, whenever we come to the Word, that should be our main objective every time, to see Christ. So let me actually, let me back up, and I kind of want to pray a little bit just for this time before I actually uh, get into it. So Lord Jesus... I love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for today. Thank you that we can come to you through the scriptures and we can know you. Thank you for all the brothers and sisters here today. We want you to flow richly, flow richly out tonight so that we can enjoy you with one another. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the book of Daniel and thank you for, uh, thank you for everything that you've been doing in our lives. We love you. Amen. Okay. So although the book of Daniel is quite short, it has a lot of points. It has a lot of events, a lot of persons. It um, contains a lot of spiritual lessons for us. But above all these things, and you could say behind them, and even within them, there's something else. Um, <clears throat> God really wants to show us uh, what his desire is, and God has a plan. He has an economy. You've probably heard this word before if you haven't. Uh, it's used in the Bible in the New Testament a lot. God has a plan or an economy. And in his plan or in his economy, he wants to make Christ the central um, person he wants to make Christ the center of everything that he's planned in the universe. And so um, I like this illustration of a bicycle wheel. You know, if Christ, if the universe were like a bicycle wheel, Christ would be the hub, the very center, and he would even be the rim of that. You know, God's plan is moving all the time throughout the ages, and he's the center and he's the circumference. And he's even the spokes holding everything together of that wheel. So it's the same in Daniel. Actually, Daniel is a book concerning Christ. It's really something. So, so we really want to see Christ. And mainly he's revealed in Daniel in five ways. You can see him as the crucified one. We're going to get into this. You can see him as the one who uh, came a second time, his first coming, he was crucified. The second time he comes to head up the universe, he comes to establish his kingdom. The third uh, kind of item that he's revealed as is the son of man who comes to the throne of God to receive dominion and a kingdom. And then the fourth, he's the companion of the suffering believers. The witnesses of God will see him a little bit later as the one who was in the furnace with uh, the three companions of Daniel. And he's the excellent one. 
So I'm going to get started here. And uh, Daniel, it's funny, Daniel Kim is going to help me out. By There there it is. Awesome. couple of verses. And I just like to read them to you. I'm, I don't want to get too much into it, but we got to see um, Christ in the Word. It's, it's crucial. And actually, if you have your Bible with you, I would... I would even encourage you to open it up. You know, the way that we receive things, not just by hearing, not just with our eyes. Um, we want to really gain something out of this time. So even to have the word open with you is good and to be praying, you know, to receive something of Christ. So, so I'm just going to read it. The first year of his reign, this is Daniel chapter 9. Daniel understood by means of the scriptures. Daniel was in the word. The number of the years, which came as the word of Jehovah to Jeremiah the prophet for the completion of the desolations of Jerusalem. That is 70 years. <clears throat> so I, this is Daniel speaking, set my face toward the Lord God to seek him in prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. So here you have Daniel in the scriptures seeking Christ. He's seeking him. Now, if we fast forward to the New Testament, we have the Lord Christ after his resurrection. He's walking with two disciples down the road to Emmaus, and he's talking to them, and he's speaking, and it's, uh, it's this next verse in Luke 24. He said, beginning from Moses and from all the prophets, he explained to them clearly in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So the scriptures, Christ is pointing to the Old Testament scriptures and saying, those things reveal me. I am the center of those things. And Daniel is here. He is seeking in the scriptures to see something of Christ. So you, if you don't, we don't necessarily have the word Christ in the book of Daniel, but Daniel was seeking God in the scriptures, and what was revealed to him was Christ. It's pretty incredible to see. So maybe Daniel, Kim, can pull up the next set of verses. Daniel, and this is further along in chapter 9, a vision was revealed to him, and he saw that the Messiah would be cut off this, this phrase here, Messiah will be cut off after the 62 weeks. He's, he sees a vision of 70 weeks, and I'm not going to go into the details because I really want you just to see Christ is the Messiah that Daniel sees in this vision. And in, if we go back to chapter 2, verse 34, Daniel sees another vision. Daniel has... Uh, mul uh, multiple visions, multiple dreams, and the center of these is Christ. So in chapter 2, Daniel said he was watching until a stone was cut without hands, cut out without hands. Now, <clears throat> who is this stone? Who is the Messiah? I think we can all say strongly the Messiah is Christ. The Messiah is Jesus. And what does it mean for the Messiah to be cut? I mean, Daniel, the book of Daniel was, 
written down about 500 years previous to the Lord Jesus walking around on the earth. And here Daniel, Daniel is receiving visions of Christ being crucified. He, he's referred to as a stone that was cut. And so if you fast forward after the Lord's death, and here you have Peter speaking to an assembly in Jerusalem, and um, the, uh, the Pharisees are persecuting those who have um, believed in the Lord Jesus. And Peter tells them, he says, Let it be known to all of you and all the people of Israel that in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified and whom God has raised from the dead, in this name, this man stands before you in good health. Someone had been healed, but then he goes on to say, this is the stone. This is the stone. So what was prophesied when Daniel saw that vision, he saw Christ. Christ was the stone. Christ was the real stone that was cut without hands. And, um, you know, this is very important, actually, because in God's plan, this is the, this is one of the, you could say, this is the landmark. This is the major event that happened in God's economy, in God's plan. When Christ was crucified, he, um, he was cut. He was, he, he was, uh, he terminated the old creation. Um, the old creation being the creation that had been corrupted whenever man ate of the wrong tree, you know, sin came into us and thus all men have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. And, um, corruption came in as a result of man's sin. Well, Christ dealt with that on the cross. This is why this is so important. It's a landmark event. Christ terminated the old creation that had been corrupted. He terminated it, it inwardly. And whenever we believe into Christ, we also get terminated. Our old man is crucified with Christ. And Christ comes into us. And you can say, I like this word, germinates us. He terminates the old creation, and then he germinates us with the new divine uh, gene, the new creation. We become a new creation. And this is his inward, um, inward recovery. Uh, he recovers us from the inside, and eventually he uh, is going to recover the whole earth. But this is a landmark event, and it's very important because he dealt with all the corruption in the universe and all the inward corruption in us. And his second coming, and his second coming, maybe we can, Daniel, maybe we can hit those next verses. Daniel speaks of Christ and his second coming. You know, his first coming, he terminated um, the old creation inwardly. In his second coming, he will do it outwardly. He will deal with human government. He will deal with, um, he will deal with all the outward, material, corrupted things that we have to deal with today, actually. So Daniel saw in chapter 7, he said, One like the Son of Man was coming, 
and it was on, he was, he was coming on the clouds and he, uh, he was given dominion. He was given glory. He was given a kingdom. And if you fast forward, you know, I'm going back and forth from the old Testament to the new, because we're seeing that in Daniel, he saw Christ in the scriptures, the visions that he had were of Christ. So in the new Testament, the Lord says, and this is before his crucifixion, crucifixion, the, uh, the Pharisees were, were asking him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am, I am the Christ. So this is Christ revealing that he is the son of man that Daniel had prophesied. Daniel saw in the vision, he is that man who will be coming on the clouds of heaven. And he, uh, he will sit at the, what does it say? Sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. So actually, I have a song for you all, and I want to sing it to you. <laughs> and forgive me if my voice sounds bad. I haven't been singing as loud and as proud as I used to because I, I, I'm not with you all. But uh, if you've heard it, sing it with me. If you haven't, here's a gift to you. So, okay. And Jesus said, I am. I am the Christ, and Jesus said, I am Son of the Blessed. And Jesus said, I am, I am the Christ, and Jesus said, I am Son of the Blessed. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. One more time. And Jesus said, I am, I am the Christ. And Jesus said, I am Son of the Blessed. And Jesus said, I am, I am the Christ. And Jesus said, I am Son of the Blessed. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Amen. Okay, so yeah, we, um, the breakout groups were awesome. Uh, Sebastian was sharing with us the importance, you know, the Lord, if, if Christ would not have been uh, revealed to Daniel, then uh, when Christ wanted to reveal himself to his disciples, when he's walking on the road to Emmaus, he, he wouldn't have anything to describe himself as. So the reason Christ is so rich to us is because there's so much of him in the Old Testament that we can see. And so I hope you would read actually your Bible differently now with this view of Christ is in these pages of the Old Testament. Okay, so I'm going to keep going here and we're going to go on to the rest of you know, Christ and what Daniel saw of Christ. And I kind of want to go back. You know, Daniel saw that Christ was crucified. He was the Messiah that was cut off. He was the stone that was cut. And he also was the son of man 
that will receive his kingdom and have dominion. But if we go, if we rewind back to chapter three, we see what Christ was actually doing. Um, and this totally parallels what Christ is doing right now. You know, he came the first time and he was crucified. This was his major landmark accomplishment. And he's coming a second time, and Daniel saw this. He's coming a second time to outwardly fix um, all human government. You know, Donald Trump doesn't have total authority. <laughs> and Putin doesn't either. Neither does Kim Jong-un. So Christ will have the authority. And he's behind the scenes. We'll see that next time in the next message. But what is Christ doing uh, in the gap between his first coming and his second coming? Well, in chapter three of Daniel, uh, we get a little bit of a glimpse of the Christ as the companion to us while we're in a time uh, of, in a sense, suffering. You know, we're, especially during this time, uh, we're all having to be, uh, we're, we have to be separated from one another. That's, there's a, there's a, there's kind of a suffering there. We want to see one another. And uh, he, he meets us in our situation. The Lord is faithful. So let me just read the verses first. And you, I think you can see, you can get the picture that actually Christ wants to meet us in um, our environment in which we may be going through a difficult situation. So in Daniel chapter three, this is when Nebuchadnezzar the king uh, wanted to throw Daniel's companions, Azariah, Hananiah, and um, Mishael. He threw them into a furnace. He made it seven times hotter than it normally was. And even when he threw them in there, the men that threw them in there, they died because it was so hot. But Daniel and uh, Daniel's companions, actually Daniel wasn't there. His companions were in the furnace. And when they were in it, it says in Daniel chapter three, the appearance of the fourth, there was a fourth one walking in the midst of the fire. And the fourth one is like this, a son of the gods. This is none other than Christ. And here again, Daniel, in the book of Daniel, Christ is in the furnace with, his, with Daniel's companions. So, you know, um, you might be wondering, you know, how does, this, how does this relate to me? Well, in Matthew 28, the Lord said, he, this, is at, this is the very last verse of Matthew. And this is the Lord's, he charged the disciples. Uh, this is his last charge. And he said to them, observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you all the days until the consummation of the age. So Christ is with us despite all the things that are going on. You know, um, if, you are, if you're honest with yourself, I think a lot of people might be thinking, why, did, why is God allowing the coronavirus to continue on? Why couldn't he just 
you know, snap his finger or whatever, and then it's, it's done. I mean, why does so many people have to suffer through this? Um, not just the people that are physically suffering, but of course, people are losing their jobs. I mean, you, your, your classes are, I don't know what's, I mean, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I can only imagine it's, it's not, it's not easy. I was actually, Mercy was saying um, how her classes are now. She's just reading from a textbook and having to take tests. She doesn't even have a lecture. And uh, so you might be wondering, what are my grades going to be like? Uh, will the, how long will this, you know, how long is this going to continue? Um, and I, I mean, we don't have any answers. We don't have any solutions. And uh, anyways, uh, I read this article and uh, just to be brief, uh, this student from the University of Texas at El Paso said, I've been trying to keep myself, this is, she's kind of answering to uh, a reporter asking her what, you know, what she's doing to cope with this COVID-19 situation, shelter in place. She said, I've been trying to keep myself calm and just worry about the things that I can control. And then she said, we'll see what happens and we'll try and figure it out from there. Well, it's, this is kind of funny because we actually are realizing we don't have control. We really, do, I mean, even if we thought we had control, you know, I too, I was working, actually, I lost my job. Uh, the oil and gas industry is not doing well at all right now. Um, and so I was in the oil and gas industry and my, my, the CEO of the company told the employees that we're gonna have a 10% employee reduction. And he said, this, he said these exact words that, that that girl said. He said, we just need to focus on the things that we can control. And I said, all right, that's, that's cool. Those are wise words. So that there was a 10% employee uh, reduction. I, I got through that. But then as the coronavirus kept, you know, taking its toll on, uh, you know, on the globe and the oil prices went down, we then had to do a 20% employee reduction. And he said the same thing, but I still, what I thought I could control ended up, I, yeah, I, we can't control. So what can I control? That's, I mean, the question really, it comes down to what I can do is I can try to find Christ in my situation. I can try to find, like Daniel, he sought he read the scriptures. I hope you would all, even, even more, be in the scriptures, be reading in the scriptures, and not just for picking up knowledge, but for finding Christ. Um, and in our situations, you know, Christ wants to reveal himself. And so I have to admit, you know, I, I honestly, I don't know practically what I will do, but I do know that Christ wants to be the center. He wants to be in the very center of the decisions that I make. And he wants to be in the center of, of this, uh, this furnace that I'm going through. He wants to meet me in it. And, uh, you know, I was talking, actually, I was talking to my wife and I was asking her, you know, how, what, what are your thoughts like? How do you, um, how does Christ, 
you know, why, why does Christ not deal with these things? And she said something pretty striking. It's, you know, he doesn't want to take us out of the furnace. The Lord didn't take, uh, didn't take Daniel's companions out of the furnace. He met them in the furnace. And this is the point. Christ wants to be revealed in your situation. Whenever you're going through something uh, uh, like a, of a furnace, he wants to reveal himself in that situation. And so a lot of people in, the, in society, there's this question, why does bad things happen to good people? <laughs> and why is there suffering? Why is there suffering? Well, I think we have the answer. And it's in the book of Daniel, and it's in the B-I-B-L-E. Christ wants to be revealed in our furnace, and he wants to comfort us, and he wants to be our companion. So um, I think I'll conclude here. And Christ is everything. He's the center. He's the circumference, and he wants to be everything to us, especially in this time. Praise the Lord.